0: Hi to all our listeners. This is Coach Chelsea, the host of the Servant Leader Coaches Bible Study, a place where athletes, coaches, and athletic professionals come together to talk about faith, sports, and servant leadership. We hope that this podcast blesses you. If there's anything we could do for you, please find us at the Chelsea F on Twitter, at Chief Friend John, C-H-E-F-R-A-N-J-O-H-N on Instagram and streaming live at Chelsea F. Muir on Facebook. We pray that you continue to be blessed and continue to serve as God would ask us to. Um, you know, I just want to thank you so much today, Coach Henson, for being here. It's so funny uh, taking a look on social media. A lot of times people feel that social media is negative, but I feel it's all in how you used it. And you remind me so much of another member that's consistently in this group, um, just with your positive nuggets that you give out there and watching you and people like Coach Lachlan here at Florida State and, you know, Coach Dennis, who's on a lot, that take the time and finding out robbery to still give God the glory and speak his word, even in the midst of you're God's servant first, then you're his coach. And so you empower me more than you probably know, just following you and seeing you pop up on my, you know, on my my stream, my stream. And so I was so thankful that you agreed to come and talk to us today. Just a group of coaches, you know, that's trying to get better. We have talked about X's and O's and offenses and defenses, but we also have to get that spiritual aspect in check. So, guys, I introduce you to Coach Henson. He is the Director of Player Development at Texas A&M University. Um, but more than more than that, he's an awesome man of God. So I'm going to go ahead and pass it over to you, Coach, and I thank you so much just for being here today.
1: Well, I'm honored to be among you today. I do appreciate uh, y'all logging in and joining in, and and uh, what a beautiful thing that we can do is uh, all of us be in different areas and different states and going through various things, but still taking the time out to connect. Um, don't know that I'll ever have the opportunity to meet any of you here on Earth, however, I look forward to rejoicing in heaven with everybody one day. And and uh, the beautiful thing is is that here I am in College Station, Texas, and. And Coach Johnson, I know you're in Florida, right? And uh, we have coaches from probably all over. Um, but the beautiful thing is, is that if we can uh, just let our light shine in our communities and in the midst of the people that we serve and love, God can get the glory. He is an, an amazing and a faithful God. He has shown himself uh, in those ways to me in my life countless times. And as I always tell people, he's under no obligation to do that. However, He's God. And I think sometimes he likes to show out, show up, and show out through uh, people, imperfect people, right? So I appreciate Coach the the, the shout out uh, about the social media and things like that. I, I try to uh, do my best to encourage, and um, and I do. I just I realize and recognize who I am. Um, who I am is a part of what I do, right? And who I am is I'm his child. And how do I know that? Well, I was there December of 1993 when I gave my life to him, Uh, growing up in a home unchurched and um, Jesus was not the foundation or the center of our home, but I was there in my freshman year of college when uh, I gave my life to him. As I tell people, I gave my life to him as my savior, but I didn't quite submit to him as my Lord, uh, which is owner, master, and ruler. There was a lot of things and probably still to this day at 45 years old that I'm holding on to is dear and precious and no God, that's mine. That's the little kid mentality is mine, is mine. But until I'm willing to finally open up my hands and surrender it all to him. But, um, I am thankful for who he is in my life. Um, and, uh, I just, I, I want to honor your time. Uh, but I think that, um, that the Lord wants to share something with us through his word. And, um, I just think, um, to be honest, this is not what you kind of understand. And I don't know whether you follow me or not, it's no big deal, but what you find, I'm just kind of a no frills. I'm not for a show. I'm not for any of those things. It was hard. And coach Johnson, I apologize. I didn't retweet. I told you I was going to, I went back through our DMS and I said, I was going to retweet that graphic. I still have a wrestling match with promoting myself and, um, Pray for me because that could be a case of prideful humility, which is an oxymoron, right? Uh, I don't have a problem, it seems, when other people are promoting me, but then it's like, hey, y'all, tune in to listen to me. I don't know, there's a wrestling match within me that kind of is like, oh, I can't do it. Hey, I can't coach, live.
0: we're going to pray for each other on that one because many can attest that has been probably the hardest part about this whole endeavor. Yeah. Um, so I feel you on that. So, yeah. as the old folks used to say, my grandma used to say, you pray for me, I'll pray for you. I'll <laughs>
1: No doubt. And as we sing, somebody prayed for me. They had me on their mind. (laughs) Took some time and prayed for me. I'm not going to sing it, but I know the words, right? See, I see it, Coach McNulty. Let's get it going. Uh, (laughs) But so I don't know. I follow, uh, and I'll be honest, a lot of my close friends who are in ministry, and I've had that talk with them because they have no problem (laughs) posting their stuff. and, And I'm like, oh, sheesh. But anyway uh, again, it's an honor to be with you. And uh, I just want to share with you from the overflow of my heart, uh, coaches, if you guys understand anything, and I know you do is that, uh, in ministry, you cannot speak above your experience, right? Uh, you, you, you have to share with from where the Lord is teaching you and where he's doing things in your life, because as my old mentor, John Randall's not the football player, All right, man. but he, uh, John Randall's used to always say, when life squeezes you, the real you always comes out. Okay. I'll never forget. We called him Randall's. I'll never forget. He would always say, uh, you can walk around all day and you can say, 'I'm, I'm toothpaste, baby. I'm toothpaste. And then life comes by and squeezes you and ketchup comes out. Guess what you are? You're ketchup. And so I really feel like the only way that I'm able to teach God's word is by how he's teaching me. And then I get squeezed and what's in me comes out. And so uh, that's what I just, I kind of always lean on that and just kind of want to just share that it's going to be pretty simple today from his word. But I think that if we have um, an ear to hear what God is having, what the spirit wants to say to us, uh, that we can leave the Zoom call being stronger men and women of God uh, called to be ambassadors um, on our campuses uh, with our athletes in our homes and in our communities. And that's my my real desire. So uh, if you don't mind, let's pray and then we'll jump in the word. God, we love you and we praise you. We thank you, Lord, for your goodness. We thank you for your mercy and your grace. We thank you, God, for who you are in our lives and what you're doing in this dispensation of time. God, I pray that as we unplug from um, our daily uh, routines, God, I pray that we can Get alone together here on the Zoom call and hear from you. God, we may not hear you speak audibly, but we pray that we hear you speak clearly. So God, wherever we are right now, we know that because you're sovereign, you will meet us right where we are. So God, I'm asking that you would do it. So as we read your word, I pray that you would anoint my lips and um, tenderize our hearts to be good ground that we can be fruitful and produce for your kingdom. So, God, we do thank you for loving us the most when we deserve it the least. You are a good, good Father. It's who you are. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Well, I remember the year was 2014. Um, Well, 2013, about to cross over into 14 and I was driving with my family. I'm married to my beautiful black beauty, Chandra. We have uh, three children, I say children. Now, Maya is 22, Kendall, she's 19, and MJ this Friday will be 17. Um, We were driving back from our hometown of Kansas City to where we lived at the time in Houston, Texas. And I remember we like to drive, well, I like to drive through the night so that everyone is asleep, and uh, I can turn my music on, I can get my sunflower seeds going, and I can just have a time driving down the road. And I remember driving down I-35 South, and I was in Oklahoma, um, I think close to Ardenmore, just to kind of give you a reference of where I was. And I remember I, I literally started talking out loud to God. And I said, God, I don't know what 2014 holds, but God, what do you want to do in my life and through my life in this new year? And as I prayed just a minute ago, we may not hear God audibly, and I've never heard God speak audibly. I don't think that he's without limitation, that he can't, he can do anything, but I didn't hear God speak audibly. And as we often hear uh, coaches, we hear God speak in that still small voice in our heart. And, um, and I heard him. Clearly, clearly tell me, Mikado, all I want you to do in this year coming up is to trust me. Real deep, right? (laughs) I'm like, okay, God, I hear that. I believe that. I feel that. But what else? Like I need some more details on this journey of 2014. And I didn't get any details. My whole assignment going into from 13 and crossing over into 14 was to trust him. Little did I know that there was going to be a big move for me in my career, in my family. Just a little background. I worked and served with the Fellowship of Christian Athletes for 16 years. Okay, so coaches ministries, being in coaching ministry, that's been my love. Since I graduated from Norfolk State University, I'm an HBCU grad. Shout out to the Spartans. Behold the green and gold. Anyway, um, (laughs) uh, since I graduated, I moved to Houston, Texas in 1998, served in the inner city of Houston doing FCA ministry, right? Here I was making a whopping $24,000 a year. That was negotiated from 22 to 24. I was rolling, right? And um, I just remember, I remember um, going to Milby High School, going to Madison High School right there in the inner cities of Houston and had great joy uh, serving on those campuses with amazing coaches like Boyce Honey and Ray Seals and Johnny Simmons, at Johnston Middle School, all these places. And and I really feel like God was uh, developing me and he was shaping me and molding me. Um, not for what I'm doing today, but for what he wanted to do in me and through me during that time. And I remember standing in, in Johnston Middle School in obscurity. No one knew who I was, and no, there was no logo on my shirt or anything like that. And and Coach Simmons said, hey, Coach, you know you got to pray with me and pray for my kids now. And we'd stand there in the gymnasium in Johnston Middle School, and we'd pray for Coach Simmons' gym class, or i go to Ray Seals of Madison High School where Vince Young went and I would do chapel for that football team before they'd go play in a, in a, in a hot trailer and sweat dripping off my chin and, and speaking to those guys. But I remember serving in ministry and that gave me so much joy. And then my first chaplain assignment was Houston Baptist university winning basketball coach Shane Brown there in the NAIA and, He would even invite me to go with them to their national tournament in Jackson, Tennessee, at Omen Arena. And I remember serving coach and and his team, and a lot of those girls became babysitters for us, so it was a pretty cool deal uh, throughout it all. And then uh, in 2000, I was blessed to become the chaplain at the University of Houston, the FCA director. During that time, a few years later, um, I was also served as the chaplain for the Houston Rockets. um, During Coach Rudy Tomjanovich's final years there, um, just to kind of give you some context of when it was when Yao Ming and Steve Francis and Dikembe and all those guys were on the team. So it was a transition from compact center to the Toyota center. That was in the time when I was blessed to be able to serve as a chaplain uh, for the rockets as well for seven seasons. And so anyway, it's been an amazing journey because I'm just a biracial kid from Olathe, Kansas y'all. Okay. And so fast forward doing ministry Uh, through FCA, through the college now being fully engaged. I was at the University of Houston for 16 seasons, uh, 14 seasons. I was in Houston 16 years, 14 years, four head coaches, three athletic directors, and was there just grinding it out, doing ministry, ministering to coaches and athletes. And we saw God do some amazing things. Well, our head coach at the time was Kevin Sumlin, and he got the job at Texas A&M. And he offered me an opportunity to join him. And my wife and I, we prayed about it. We sought count, counsel uh, from my pastor, from mentors, and, and um, just felt like it wasn't time for us to leave. And so we declined and stayed at Houston. Uh, he came back the next year and asked me, I want you to join my staff. I said, coach, you know what I'm gonna do? I'm gonna pray about it. Prayed about it, didn't feel like God was leading. So we said no. Well now here we are, 2013 going into 2014. I'm driving down I-35 South in the middle of the night and I hear God telling me in a still small voice, Makoto, all I want you to do this year is to trust me. Well, I was at an FCA college athletes retreat in um, Glen Rose, Texas. That may not mean anything to you, uh, but there's about 500 athletes from around the state of Texas. Uh, who were there, and I got another phone call from Kevin Sumlin. And he said, Mikado, I'm creating a position, and it's with you in mind. Actually, he said, I had my first and second choice in mind, and they're the same person. I was like, okay. Now, I just prayed on I-35 South. So here he is calling me at this retreat. And he said, it's called Director of Player Development, and I want you to be on my staff. And those same Mikado words, Coach, you know what I'm going to do? He said, I know. You're going to pray about it. <laughs> so I started seeking counsel. These names may not mean anything to you, but for the story's sake, I want to share with you. I, I talked to my pastor. I talked to my FCA director. Obviously, I talked to my wife. Uh, she was in on the whole deal, right? Um, some of you guys may know a guy named Eric Thomas. Okay, so ET and I have gotten close through the years. And I called him because he was an outsider in this whole situation. He's in Detroit, and I'm going through what I'm going through. And he gave me some counsel. I, I talked to a guy um, um, named uh, Tim gosh, dog, and he would slap Tim Ross, uh, pastor of the church in Irving, Texas. Then I talked to my mentor, John Randalls, who's now in heaven, but I talked to him. And everyone said the same thing Mikado, it's time to go. But I leaned back on what God told me on I-35 South headed down that day. And he said, all I want you to do is trust me. You see, I was comfortable where I was. I wasn't asking to be rescued from where I was. It wasn't, yeah, in the eyes of the world, it may be considered a better job situation. But in ministry, we operate off calling. God is our great provider, right? And we don't operate or shouldn't operate as the world operates. And, but I felt like we had finished our course at Houston. And um so I said, yes. All right. So when I was at, when God said, trust me, I said, okay, God, um, kind of like Gideon, you know, I needed some signs. Can you show me that I'm making the right decision? I had someone tell me a long time ago, he said, Mikado, when both just de- when you're faced with a decision and they're both godly decisions, uh, sometimes God gives us the power to choose. It'd be like, you, someone handed me the keys of a Mercedes and a BMW. Can you go wrong? <laughs> just choose, because he made the great promise in his word that I would never leave you nor forsake you. And so that's kind of where I felt like I was at. But I knew it's, God said it was time. My wife was on board. My kids, not so much, but I don't say they didn't have a say in the matter, but we just, we trusted God through it all, Okay. We made the move to College Station, Texas. So I said, God, give me a sign. Of course, he went to Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not to your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him. And here's the great promise: He will direct your path. And I held tight to that. I hold tight to that to this day. That is one that I as my one of my go-tos is Proverbs 3, 5, and 6. Because anytime I lean to my own understanding, I don't know if you're like me, anytime I lean to my own understanding, it can take me down a road where I have to do a U-turn and come right back. So um, that's just a great encouragement to me. But me being a hard I say, God, I need more. Can you show me more? What does trust you look like? And so here's what I want to read for us today. Let's go to the gospel of Matthew. Okay. I love reading, um, in the four Gospels, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. My translation today is the New Living Translation, but we're going to look at Matthew chapter 14, okay? And just want to give us a little context real quick, uh, what is happening here in chapter 14, and then we'll get to the meat of what I want to, the second part of what God showed me and what trust me looks like. Okay, John the Baptist has just been beheaded, right? You remember John the Baptist was the one who baptized Jesus in the Jordan River. He was the one who was screaming out, behold, there's one coming that I'm not even worthy to bend down and tie sandals. I mean, he ate honey and locusts. He was a wild man, right? And uh, he had just gotten beheaded, right? And so Jesus, who had a relationship with John the Baptist, not just through the baptism, but just that they were close, obviously, um, was probably in mourning, have you ever been in mourning over something that has gone on? Right. We all have, we've all had heavy hearts. I'm talking to you today with a heavy heart because one of my former coworkers, close friend, he might be breathing his last breath right now. I'm waiting on a text message. I've been going to see him. He's in hospice care. I've been going to see him every week. I went yesterday and he's now unresponsive, but he's going to heaven. (laughs) But the physical separation, that's my friend, right? I've learned a lot from this guy. And um, so I'm kind of speaking from this experience right now. But I rejoice because I know where he'll spend eternity. And that gives me great joy. But Jesus, being fully God, fully man, was probably dealing with a heavy heart during this time. And as he's dealing with a heavy heart during this time, crowds of people press in upon him. And it was at this time in verse uh, 13, just for your reading. I'm not going to read this, but this is where he feeds the 5,000. Was this a miracle only for them to have fish and bread with leftovers? It was more to teach the disciples a lesson, right? Jesus oftentimes talked to the crowds, but his ministry was really for those who were the obedient, committed followers of him called disciples who were going to carry out this ministry Uh, When he went back to the father, which we who identify as Christ followers, we're those disciples that are to carry out the work that he has for us to do in ministering to other people's children, our own children, our own families, right? Um, At the grocery store, all those things. We are to be like Peter who was warming his hands by the fire. You're one of them. You know, people identify that we all may look different. I may have the gray beard. I'm growing the Sunni beard out, y'all. I'm going with the Philly beard. I'm going to see what this thing looks like. I don't, I'm, I'm, I'm going to try to rock it. I got my curls, got my little my little uh, south of France, a little Mohawk deal, but I'm going to try. I see it, Coach Gunn looking fresh. I'm trying. I don't know, but it's going to be gray, and I'm going to rock it. I earned every one of these. But uh, anyway, but we got to identify, You're one of them. And Peter, we know Peter. I identify with him most. He said, what? I don't know him, right? Anyway, God used Peter in a mighty, mighty way. But Jesus just fed the 5,000, right? It was just a a real picture ministering to the disciples, right? But everyone else who were pressing in because they wanted the miracle. Here's where God spoke to me in that, show me another sign, God. And he showed me, starting in verse 22, excuse me, at 45 years old, I got to rock these bad boys a little bit. Verse 22, it says, immediately after this, after what? Just back up a little bit and read. Jesus insisted that his disciples get back into the boat and cross to the other side of the lake. While he sent the people home. So he was telling everybody to go home. Disciples, y'all get in the boat. Go to the other side. All right, I'll catch up with you, basically. After sending them home, he went up into the hills by himself to pray. Let that sink in. Night fell while he was there alone. Meanwhile, the disciples were in trouble far away from the land. For a strong wind had risen. And they were fighting heavy waves. About three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came towards them walking on the water. When the disciples saw him walking on the water, they were terrified. And in their fear, they cried out, it's a ghost. But Jesus spoke to them at once, do not be afraid. He said, take courage, I am here. Then Peter, there's my boy, Then Peter called out to him, Lord, remember what Lord means, owner, master, and ruler. Okay. So he's calling him. He's saying, you're my Lord. Lord, he could have said master, right? He could have said a lot of things. He says, Lord, if it is really you, tell me to come to you walking on the water. And Jesus said, come. So Peter went over the side of the boat and walked on the water toward Jesus, another miracle. Remember, miracles are only something that God can do. We operate in the natural, God operates in the supernatural, right? So Peter walked over the side of the boat, walked on the water toward Jesus, but when he saw the strong wind and the waves, he was terrified and began to sink. When his circumstances changed, when his perspective changed, he began to sink, right? So here we are, verse 31. Jesus immediately, there's that word again, reached out and grabbed him. You have so little faith, Jesus said. Why did you doubt me? When they climbed back into the boat, the wind stopped. Then the disciples worshiped him. You really are the son of God. I bet they did. <laughs> climbed back in the boat and the wind stopped. I bet you did fall down and worship, right? Here's what I want to encourage you with today. Just a few points. If you're taking notes, just a couple of points. All right. This was the second um, scripture that God led me to when I heard him whisper to me on I-35 South. Makoto, all I want you to do in 2014 moving forward is to trust me. I don't know what you may hear God speaking to you in a still small voice. I don't know what he might be beating you over the head with as you open up the word or listen to a worship song or fellowship with other believers. I don't know what God is saying to you or doing to you and through you right now, but all I know is on I-35 South, I heard God say, as he whispered, Mikado, all I want you to do is trust me. And so what does that look like as we unpack Matthew 14? Just a little bit. Number one, if we're going to walk and live out this life trusting God, okay, point number one, let's look at what Jesus, Jesus made prayer a high priority. And because Jesus made prayer a high priority, so should we. He sent the people home. He sent the disciples away. And it says he went there in the hills and the mountains by himself to pray. There was, don't, let's don't look over that. I couldn't look over it. Don't look over it now. There's such a high priority in connecting with the Father. I want to encourage you as I am being encouraged myself. Let's don't get so busy that we forget to spend time with the Lord. One of the old preachers back in, don't get me to lie in what year, but a long time ago, Brother Lawrence was his name. His uh, vocation was, he had a lot of different things, but one of his jobs, he was a dishwasher, right, real blue collar, but he wrote a book called Practicing the Presence of God. It's an old classic, and someone had asked Brother Lawrence one time about his prayer life because he wanted to live in such a way that he was perpetually, continually uh, operating, walking, living in the presence of God all the time. And someone asked him, you know, uh, you know, Brother Lawrence, when you pray, how long do you pray? And his response is pretty cool. It says, when I pray, I don't pray long. I don't pray more than 30 minutes, but I don't go more than 30 minutes without praying. Let that encourage you a little bit. Jesus, fully God, fully man, saw the importance of connecting with the Father. Remember, he's dealing with a heavy heart, still performing miracles, but he went alone to connect to the Father. And I want to encourage you, as I'm encouraging myself, we have to make prayer a high priority if we are going to live a life trusting him. In 2020, what I mean, I'm suffering. Are you suffering from pandemic fatigue? Right? I know I am. I had 11 Zoom calls with teens on this campus talking about not really pandemic, talking about the death and the murder of Ahmad Arbery, Breonna Taylor, and George Floyd. Right? As I'm processing all of this. I'm still having to trust God as I'm processing, going through and experiencing, um, you know, how long were we locked down? I mean, I guess everyone was different, but quarantine stuff. And then these senseless murders that we see, two of the three we see, right? Emotionally and spiritually, it can be draining and pulling and tugging at you, right? And so as I'm being asked to minister to people, I'm feeling it, y'all. I'm feeling the same thing. And so pandemic fatigue, this whole emotional fatigue, it is real. But it doesn't negate God's truth that Jesus made prayer a high priority. And so should we. I know when my life is suffering. I know when I start struggling, what usually is one of the first things to go. My communion with the Father I start looking at the wind and the waves of this world and this life, right? I start looking about the next election. I start looking at racial division, all real things. I start looking at wind and waves. And when I take my eyes off of the Lord, what do I do? What do we do? We sink, right? And so prayer has to be high priority. We have to stay plugged in. If not, what makes us different than the world? Nothing. So we have to continue. Here I go. Look, you know, fired up. We gotta stay in this word, y'all. We have to. We have to spend time with God. Mark one thirty-five, just for reference' sake. Okay, Mark one thirty-five. He had just healed Peter's mother-in-law from a fever. It says the whole town pressed on him, right? And then verse one, Mark one thirty-five. It says, "And while it was still early, while it was still dark." Jesus got up, went to a solitary place what by himself, and what did it say he did? He prayed, right? He prayed. He got along with the Father. And then every, the disciples came and said, "Everyone's, what have you been doing, Jesus? Everybody's been looking for you. When they found him, he wasn't doing dirt. He wasn't slipping and tipping and all, all these things. He was connecting with the Father, right? And so he was always about his daddy's business, point one. Jesus made prayer a high priority, and so should we. Point number two, be encouraged by this. Jesus knows exactly what you're going through. He knows exactly what I'm going through. But here's the kicker. Sometimes he does not run to our rescue. That's not for a shout. That's not for man. That's for us to let that sink into our spirit, y'all. He sees what we're going through. So know this truth. He sees, he knows, and he cares. Okay? But he doesn't always run to our rescue. How do I know that? Verse 24 and 25. They were, they were in trouble far away from the land. Strong wind had risen. Three o'clock in the morning, Jesus came towards them walking on the water. So as I was asking God, what do you want for me in my life? He said, I want you to trust me. Okay. Well, Makado, here's how you're going to be drawn to a deeper level of trust. You're going to learn through prayer. And you're going to learn through circumstances and situations. Good and bad. All things, Romans eight twenty eight, 28. And we know this, Paul says, that all things work together for good to those who love God and are called according to his purposes, right? All things aren't good, but all things will be worked together for his good if we love him. So he knows what you're going through, but he doesn't always run to your rescue. Point number one, he made prayer a high priority. Point number three, Jesus will always call us to a deeper level of trust. He will always do it. He will always, always do it. And what does that look like? he said, Lord, if it's you, tell me to come. Hold on. You want me to climb my grown self over the ledge of this boat or whatever you call the side of a boat and join you on the water. Listen, I would have no problem cannonballing in that water. My big old self just ah, ah cannonball boom right in the water, but on the water, it's a whole different deal. Remember, The wind and the waves, remember, it's a storm going on. He sees that they're in trouble. And the water walker, the the Prince of Peace, is there standing in front of them now. And he said, Lord Peter, the one who always opens his doggone mouth, that's me. I'm just, this is confessional 101. (laughs) Here I am in college station. Hi guys, my name is Mikhail and I always open my doggone mouth. All right, here we go, it's healing. If I can confess it to y'all Peter starts walking on the water Y'all Another miracle Remember miracles are only something God can do And how did he walk on his How did he walk on the water He walked on the water Only when he kept his eyes on the Lord Sub point We will always sink When we take our eyes off of the Lord Have you ever been through a dry season in your life, okay? You ever been through a a season of life where you feel like, man, I'm in Cali and God's in New York, like we're on polar opposite ends, right? You ever felt like just foggy and I'm not hearing from God? Well, what has usually suffered? Our intimacy with God, our connecting with him in prayer, in trusting him, in looking to him, all those things. We take our eyes off of him, we don't see life so clearly anymore. So remember, point number three, he'll always call us to a deeper level of trust. It was safe on, well, somewhat safe on the side of the boat, inside the boat. Remember, everybody, he sent the disciples to the other side. Everybody didn't make that same request. Some people chose to stay in the boat. But Peter experienced something that if you continue to read, like in the book of Acts and things, God used Peter in a mighty, mighty way. Because he was the one who was so hot, cold, up, down, just all these things. But Jesus called him to a deeper level of trust, and Peter responded. But it didn't make sense to climb over the side of the boat and walk on water. It didn't make sense. I say this point again, as I said a couple minutes ago. He's under no obligation to make sense. All we're called to do is T-R-U-S-T, trust. He will always call us to a deeper level of trust. My final point, when our lives are locked in and focused on Jesus, we can do all things. When he's not our focus, we sink. When he's not our focus, when he's not our focus, and we lose sight of the main thing, all the other stuff, becomes more important. And I'm, I'm guilty of it, y'all. I'm guilty of reading political posts. I'm guilty of all these things. But through it all, what's the song say? Through it all, my eyes are on you. Through it all, through it all, it is well. And that's what we've got to continue to say during this time in our life of a pandemic That's what we have to say during this time of racial division and systemic injustice and all these um, hurtful and just horrible things that have gone on since we hit the shores of this country, right, that still need to be addressed Um, through it all, through what you're going through right now, maybe with your own family or your own situation, Through it all, he's calling us to a deeper level of trust. And I don't know if this word is on time for you, but it's on time for me because um, life still happens. And something I like to, I have these all around my my, um, office. I have seven hour glasses in my office. This is a reminder to me that at some point, it's all going to run out. Okay. I didn't plan on using this. I just looked over and saw it. At some point it's all going to end. But while I still have sand up here, see, um, I'm 45. According to the law of averages, I'm in the third quarter of my life. I've already gone through halftime, hopefully made some halftime adjustments (laughs) and now finish this thing strong. right? But I still have, I have sand down here, which are my, it's my life. It's growing up biracial in Olathe, Kansas. It's every name people have called me. It's every uh, time that I have blown it. Every time I've had great success, all those things are down here. They don't tell the whole story, but they tell a story, right? But here's where I have say. The neck of the hourglass is where my future meets my past. It is my present. There's an old theologian named Seren Kierkegaard, and don't ask me to spell that, he was a German theologian, but he said this, all of us must not make noise on New Year's Eve to drown out the deathly sound of grass that's growing over our graves. It was better when we had hourglasses, but we needed the, the deception, so we invented the clock. For the rotating hands give us the illusion that time goes on forever, yet we curse the hourglass because it's a constant reminder that time is truly running out. And so as God is calling us, y'all coaches, to a deeper level of trust, the one thing that we cannot do, we can't get it back. All we gotta do is we make our adjustments and we, how do we do that? Point number one, we make prayer a high priority in our life. Point number two, Jesus sees what we're going through. He cares about what we're going through, but he doesn't always run to the rescue. So we got to endure. We got to endure, right? Point number three, he will always call us to a deeper level of trust. And point number four, when our lives are locked on him, we can do all things. And when our eyes aren't, we sink. We sink about God and his gracious mercy. He will always rescue us before we fully sink. As Peter said, Lord, save me. And he grabbed him and he walked him back to the boat. And at that point, everybody fell down on their knees and they worshiped him. And so I just wanted to encourage you today as I am being, as I have been and continue to be encouraged that if I want to reduce it down to its purest form and most simple form, God, I need a word. Trust me, got it. Don't know what it looks like because it looks different every day. So here I am in 2020, right? The year of clear vision, right? 2020. Well, (laughs) it's like praying for patience. God, give me patience. You sure? (laughs) You sure you want that? All right, God, give me clear vision. You sure? I'm gonna show you you. I'm gonna show you you. You're gonna wipe, get the windshield wiper for your own view of you. I'm gonna show you you. Dang. Okay, God, what's 2021? Can I ever get here? <laughs> so, uh, but anyway, I hope that that is an encouragement to you. Um, and coach, I, I wanted to read one more thing. One more thing that I, I did. I posted this. Um, as, I was, uh, as I was going through everything on May, was it 25th, that George Floyd was murdered? I, mean, I think it was May 25th. I saw a lot of people's eyes opened, right? Um, Because for eight minutes and 46 seconds, we saw something so horrific, right? And then my wife finally said, Mikado, you've been pouring out to everyone, but no one's heard from you. Um, I do wanna say it's been an honor being able to share with you and I would love to answer any questions that you may have. again, we're just iron sharpening iron on here, y'all. So, but, but I would be willing to answer any questions that you have.
0: Coach. that's actually one of my favorite. Can you hear me? Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's actually one of my favorite verses right there. Um, so many of them that you said, but truly iron does sharpen iron. you have me taken aback because I literally, I try my best when people are reading something that they've written to kind of close my eyes and envision them as they're writing it. And, you spoke so eloquently and all that you stated and there's so much that you said and you said I don't know if this is a right now word trust me Miss Cheryl said the same thing in the chat it truly was and you know a lot of times the biggest part of what you said is you know God doesn't work on our on our agenda and on our time schedule and so often we do you know it's uh coach Sherrod Johnson at St. Augustine's University he says it, it said. A lot of times we approach things with a God idea, but so often in the midst of that, we get lost in the translation. We make it about us, you know, take our, our sight off of him. And when we take our sight off of him, things will deviate. We will sink. And that God idea now becomes something that has our name on it. And that's not what God, how he's designed this. So I thank you so much just for that, because that was so much needed and as always, I'll kind of take a step back for a minute to let anybody have any comments that they have. And I save mine to the end. So, yeah, but thank you so much for that. That writing was so beautiful and so true.
1: Well, um, I'm looking at I'm sorry for being so long-winded y'all. So I'm looking at my time.
0: No, it was right on time. Trust me. Well,
1: I'd love to any questions or comments. I'd love to hear you. Coach.
2: I was, uh, I got two words. Wow. Is my first word. That was amazing. And, the other thing that that through everything that you you said, two two words. Well, now I've got three words, I guess. Trust. That's evident. You have just trusted, but but for me, it's deeper. It's 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 the joy that just kind of just comes out of of you when you when you're talking about your faith and your walk with God. And and I love. I mean that that the the that passage from Matthew. I love that because we're all like Peter we're all, you know, we're all those moments like, let's go. Okay. We're ready to go, God. And it's all of a sudden yeah. it's like, Oh, wait a minute. I'm I'm, 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 I'm on the, what, what am I doing on the water? Right. Yeah. But, and what I love about Peter is, I mean, for, I think for, for most of us, Peter. So, I mean, that's, that's who we are in our faith, the ups and downs, but as long, and, and, and we betray him, we deny him the whole thing, but we keep, he keeps calling us and as long as we keep coming forward and we keep, wanting to get on the water and, and reaching out to him, but it was just powerful today. And, and thank you. Um, I appreciate all just the, and, and the, the other, the other word. Okay. I said, I had two words. Now I've got four or five, but humility, and that's been a thread through, through all these, uh, Zooms through servant leadership is just how humble you are and just genuine and real. So I thank you for your witness to us today. And, it was awesome.
1: I'm honored. I'm honored. Thank you.
2: I appreciate it.
1: This is weird because this is where the introvert part of me comes out.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And the thing is because they know I will, I try my best to hold mine because I'll just let them rip and then they get warmed up at the end where time is closing. So y'all already know this is (laughs) Lost time because I got to. This is
1: the part where I do this. <laughs>
0: <laughs> exactly, but coach, it was one of the first things you said, and I, and I laugh so hard um, just when things are, you know, you you begin to see the growth in yourself and the growth of Christ within yourself, and you know, like I said, this is my second day back at work, and you know, doing this five months now being in stable conditions where I know my Wi-Fi works, you know, and now streaming and things are trying to go left. And finally I said, you know what, Chelsea, sit your butt down. Because at the end of the day, you need to hear this word. It, it does not matter. Who is here needs to be here. And, th- and that's all. And I'm glad that I did because as soon as I sat down, you started, started to speak about when God came into your life. And you, stated, you said, I gave my life to him as my savior, but I didn't submit to him as my Lord. And so often we do that. I will never forget when I was baptized. And when you said the date, oh my God, I just felt chills inside because I remember that I tweeted this out a couple of months in July, July 7th, 1997. I accepted Christ as my personal savior. I would never forget it. And a week later, my grandfather and my pastor at the time baptized me. And at that moment, my grandfather and my grandmother sat me down and they said, I'm gonna tell you this. And this is what you need to always remember. You've done the first part, but much like a mother that births a child, it does not stop just because the doctor said, it's your baby girl. It's your baby boy. Babies start on formula or breast milk. And as they get older, they start to strengthen their palate. You grow in Christ. You have to strengthen your spiritual palate. You have to make sure it's not enough that you just accepted him to save you. You have to be able to grow that relationship and accept him as your father. And you said that I was like, let me sit down. Because God, at the end of the day, it's not about me, it's not about anybody else, it's not about a live stream, it's simply about hearing this word. And so I thank you so much for delivering that word because it was much needed for such a time as this. And I think Miss Cheryl had said it down there too. She said, you know, when you said that 2020 vision, be careful what we ask for. <laughs> Gotta show us some clarity and he's gonna show you you. We've had enough time to sit back, we've had enough time to analyze, we had enough time to sit here and get things in perspective. When I tell you, you mentioned about the hourglass and about the cries out on New Year's, I can hear, as old folks say, watch night service on December 31st. (laughs) He changes this thing to where we can reconvene. When I tell you, I said, I want to see many a days back in church, but December 31st at 1159, I'm telling you right now, I believe I can hear it all over the nation, all of the shouts that will cry out. So brother, thank you. It was much needed in in such a time as this
1: well i I appreciate that We just got to stay plugged in that's that's the goal staying plugged in we just had our first football practice yesterday so uh
0: oh nice one at a
1: time one at a time
0: (laughs) that's it and that's how you know one day at a time sweet jesus that's all that we really can do like i said down here in tallahassee florida it's the second day for teachers um, you, know, our students are supposed to return on the 31st and, you know, I just continue to tell myself moment by moment, just like those drops of sand that drop in your hourglass, just continue yeah. to treat them every moment by moment. So, which I'm going to give you an opportunity to just say anything final and in closing that you want to say, um, before we wrap up out of here, but please know how appreciative I am of you, how on time this word was for me and how I will be. Going back, listening again, and I'm over here, I wish you could see my notes, the underlined, exclamation points, circles, go back to this, because you truly have opened the eyes of so much of us and reiterated some things that we needed, um, that at the end of the day, when God, let me see, I want to get it right, because I said, oh, this was for me. It says, uh, Jesus will always call us to a deeper level of trust, and sometimes that requires you to sit and wait. Mm and so I appreciate you so much for that because as uh coach G had winded out and talked about coach Dennis and I see you G I'm gonna let you give your uh question a comment in a second but he mentioned uh you know coach Dennis is one of the other ones I was talking about when you first got on and he continuously talks about that victory in our winding places and so that gave me another sting uh in that direction so coach G on you man
3: Okay, I'm still getting used to doing it on the phone. Uh, I had some computer difficulties, but coach, uh, as always, thank you for your transparency and and your willingness to get up and and, and share. Uh, Biggest thing is when you share something, you don't know how it will impact or who it will impact or when it will impact, you know, the timeliness of it, if you will, or the timeliness of it, but we right on time because we just got done with a tournament this weekend. And I'm, I'm just, when you said something about trust, which was like one of the first things you said, I remember going to the sideline and like we sitting there doing a bunch of dumb stuff and I'm like, then we finally settled down. We run like three straight plays. We get three straight buckets. And I'm going, yo, all I need you to do is just trust me. That's it. Just trust me. It works. Now if it doesn't work and You did what I asked you to do, then we can make the adjustment. But just trust me. So,
1: right.
3: I guess that correlation of yo, know, I just need you to trust me, but then I just need to trust him. Yeah, yeah, but yeah, man. So that was that was that was right on time. I appreciate it. Uh, you know, as a fellow coach, you know, we can all, I think we can all relate with plenty of what you were saying today. So yeah. I, uh, I appreciate it. As long as you didn't go bald, then I got hope, right?
1: But I don't think I'm – I don't know. You see my dad my brother, and I'm thinking I'm skipped. I'm saying, look,
3: I'll go great I'm, just, I'm, holding, I'm holding that
1: hope. There we go. But, yeah,
3: man, I appreciate it, brother. Yes, sir. All right.
0: And just one more addition to Coach G. He's so right. We do that, and when we break it down that way, I do as a, you know, a believer just say, God, I'm sorry. You know, we got this playbook. We teach you the playbook is written plain. Every day we go to practice, just like every day we go to Bible study and we go to church and we yeah. read word and we're taught the word. And then they come into the game and they act like you never had a day of practice. We go into the mm-hmm. word, we do exactly what he asked us not to do. We come into a problem and then we stop trusting, even though in the word we said to trust them. And it just like mm-hmm. you said to your players, will you just trust me? I said, I know sometimes God sit up there and be like, this child of mine, this girl right here, did she just forget? And I know he does. Like, my friends and my players, they laugh because when you hear me talk to God and pray to God, I promise you it's a conversation, yeah. you know? So I know there's many a days he says, Chelsea, this little girl, I promise you. Did I not bring you out last time? So why are you doing out? So I just thank you so much for that, G. And I thank you so, so much for that, Coach Henson. So I'm going to give you a chance to just kind of wind it up for us um but as you can tell you really hit home for a lot of us today well
1: i'm honored as i've been hit y'all that's that's the only way we're gonna teach learn and grow we're, we're coaches we ain't that smart but we can uh, all come together and i'm not gonna say you're not smart okay i'm not that smart <laughs> but i know we can come together and, and huddle up together and get the play we go execute it god can get the glory and it's all good Right. So here's what I want to encourage you with just to in, in leaving. I've, I've been doing a lot of, a lot of reading and studying um, different, different books. If I turn my camera, I won't, you will know, see my, my desk has a lot of stuff, but there's a book called leading on empty that has really been blessing my soul. Um, just started this book by John Perkins called with justice for all. I've been reading on a book called the blood of Emmett Till. Um, Just there's a lot of stuff. Oh, and then if I can, this is not a plug, but the Tony Evans Bible commentary, highly suggest highly, highly suggest. Okay. It's a pretty thick, but he just kind of goes through verse by verse thought for thought more than word for word. Okay. But you can hear Tony Evans as through the writing of this. It's, this has been really good Bible companion, because uh, there's not a verse that's not addressed in there. So, um, so anyway, I've been watching a lot of MLK interviews, a lot of Dr. King interviews, and I've been blown away with he, how he answered every single question that was asked of him. And then I was listening to an excerpt from just, I think he was a little conversation he was having with something, someone, a group of students about having a blueprint for your life. And I know this is a very popular thing that he has said before, but it really stood with me. He said, if you can't fly, then run. If you can't run, then walk. If you can't walk, then crawl. But whatever you do, you have to keep moving forward. And that really stood out to me because it's when I get stuck is when I start to fall. So I want to encourage you as I've been encouraged. Let's keep moving forward spiritually. And how does that play out in our daily life? How we coach, how we correct, how we love. Remember, coaching is not playing patty cake. I always tell these student athletes, I'm going to love you hard when you're hard to love because that's how God loves me. And so I just wanna encourage you guys with that as a final parting word. Um, I, I thank God for his mercies, I really do. They're new every morning and I'm so thankful for them. Honored to be among you and I hope that this time was helpful.
0: This time was helpful. This time was amazing. This time was anointed. This time was godly time. And so I thank you so much just for, you know, being his vessel for what we do today. Um, I love each and every one of you. I can tell that this word has truly hit home for many of us. Um, and just know that in the midst of it, I'm embracing you. I wish I could reach into each one of your screens and coach just know, I know we're, uh, I'm in Florida and you're there, but, uh, connection is funny. Uh, coach Jimbo Fisher's son just graduated from where I actually teach.
1: Okay. Oh, he so you, him. you also had, um, uh, the linebacker we have, uh,
0: Yes. Uh, Lee, uh, yeah, Karin
1: Lee.
0: and Lee, yes. Yeah. Yeah. So that's, you know, we produce those leaders down here. We try yeah. to anyway. So, I, I, I'm gonna go ahead and say I've already prayed that prayer and sent it out ahead of me that I'll be able to connect with each one of the speakers. Okay. I counted it yesterday. Somebody, my godmother, actually asked me, "You make speaker number fifty-seven. You make speaker number fifty-seven since we started this thing." To God be all glory.
1: Well, so, kudos to I you.
0: Thank
1: for you for being so faithful much. To thank you, Coach.
0: And thank you. If you don't mind, do you mind closing us out with a prayer?
1: I promise it'll be quick. <laughs> Lord, we love you. We praise you. And we thank you for meeting with us today through technology of Zoom. God, I pray that you would meet us where we are. And I pray that, God, you would use us for your glory, that we would let our lights so shine, that people would see our good works and glorify you, God, who's in heaven. Thank you, God, for your mercy. Thank you for your grace. And thank you for this time. Continue to protect us. Uh, humble us, heal our land, and use us as vessels of your glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Amen.
0: Amen. Thank you so much.
2: Amen.